So for entry level, most times you do like job ads and then a lot of people, you know, apply for the role. But from, for senior roles, say a CEO of a company or an MD or, you know, C-suite level, they won't come to your LinkedIn and, and yes, you look for them, you go to them, you take them out, some of them. You have meetings for months before this person even agrees to have this conversation of moving. So all the dinners, all the meetings out, Right. Those are still costs because if you are taking somebody to a restaurant, you have to pay transportation to the place and all that stuff. So everything comes into the cost of hiring. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Tech Point Africa podcast. Thank you for staying with us day in, day out. We appreciate you. We will not take any of your comments and feedback for granted. And if you're new here for the first time, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and like and also click on the notification bell so that you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you are listening to us on any of our podcast platform, thank you very much. Don't forget to share with others and also send your feedback to us. And if you don't know me or you don't know whose voice it is, this is Uluwani Femikola Wale and I am your host today today on tech point africa podcast we'll be discussing a very important topic right if you remember we've had two different episodes talking about the fact that talent are living whether tech talent or talent in the corporate world the fact remains they are living although we've not agreed that it's causing brain drain but they are definitely living and we've talked about how employers should react today we'll be discussing another interesting part of it which is how you can feel the gap they are living the space these people live behind how do you get people to feel them what does it take to feel them how do you get the perfect people to feel those because those people feel like superstars sometimes when they live and you feel their shoes are too large for anybody to feel there are several things you have to know about that and i'm not the one that will be discussing that today i have with me in the studio an expert to discuss that this person is actually an hr and a recruitment expert and she has been in the field for over five years she is currently the head people and culture at bankley bankley is a fintech Startup in a Nigerian fintech startup, and her name is Chibuzo Yetuge Eric. I hope I got that well. She has taught me. I hope I got it well. Thank you for joining us in the studio today, Thank Eric, you, Eric Chibuzo. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be at Tech Point Africa. Yes, it's, it's a pleasure to also have you here with us today. Ah, without further ado, let's just get into the conversation. How do you get your next talent? Yes, so there's this conversation that we often see people have, which is there's like a shortage of tech talent, right? And who will be in the best position to say that if not a person that recruits tech talent? So is there really a shortage of tech talent? Um, Actually, I'd say we have limited tech talent, right? So I'd say there's a difference between limitation and the lack of it or shortage of it. Mm right so if we say shortage that means we don't even have them as much as is required mm. 
but limited we have them but they're probably somewhere else <laughs> uh, oh. yes so um that's what i would say it's okay. it's limited um but but it's an open space for a lot of people to join so i'd say people are not paying the price to fill up the spaces right when because you mean people do you mean the employers employees rather okay so the talent. yes the talent themselves the opportunity is there but people are not climbing the ladder right so say i'll say where the shortage is if i might borrow your word is at the top hmm. yes because at the entry level you find a lot of people but then when it gets to the stage of specialization when it gets to the top level mm-hmm. that's where you find very limited number of talent hmm. yes because a lot of people are not paying the price to climb up the ladder hmm. that's what i'd say I think this brings to for again the conversation I had the last time that of course we often see people talk about the um anecdote an anecdote or panacea. The English is hard. I think cure to losing talent is having a pipeline of talent. But then you often find more people pumping in than and more people coming out, at least at the top of that ladder. And that speaks to the fact that that when the talents that are living are more specialized than the one remaining mm-hmm. now to fill that position is the hard part yes oh interesting but it's not it's not impossible to fill it's not impossibility is not the word it just takes time it takes me yes time. and um the speed we want to fill the rose is where we have a challenge because someone leaving today means that is a space that has to be filled Mm. is the speed is the time mm. so even if someone is transitioning from where he is to where i want the person to be it's going to take time mm. and that's something that we don't have mm. right so it's a function of time mm. so the person that says talent limitation the don't want to use just shut it now is like the biggest headache of tech recruiters yeah. is right mm. more or less yes yes yeah, <laughs> right uh, so i I understand the fact that being a recruiter it means you have to do a lot of wooing. And from the contemporary world, I understand who it's like it requires some skills. Some people have like sweet tongue and or you can be able to get you to do what they want you to, to do. Um so from experience, how do you put your best foot forward to get the right talent with, with having in mind that there are a lot of people competing for this person? Right. What is the best food in this contest? So I'd say something which I learned from one of my bosses, Mark Ibenedium. Shout out to you. Is at the core of recruitment is sales. Mm-hmm. So recruiters are sales people because I'm selling a new company to you. I'm selling um ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because oh, at this point for talent at this level, it's a lot of a, a lot of head hunting and poaching. Mm-hmm. right which means these people are to a good degree comfortable where they are so if i'm taking you from that place to somewhere else i need to sell so for me you ask the question is how do we get how do we do it it says you have to first and foremost understand if i'm a recruiter say i'm i'm recruiting internally say for my company there is at the core of it an understanding of the benefits what will this person come into my company to gain So there has to be full understanding. So if I'm doing it for an external client, it's more 
analytical for me. So I sit down with the client. I discuss what is your culture? What are the things? So by the time I'm done with this analysis, I'm going to the candidate or talent and I'm saying, okay, you're coming from here. These are the things that you can gain from. Some of them are not monetary, right? Um, some of them are, you know, work culture. Some of them are the kind of lifestyle, things that boost up you as a person and all that. So understanding the analysis of the company this person will get into will help you sell. So at the core of it is sales. Sales. Yeah. So, um, when, what I meant by putting your best foot forward is what you are able, what you what you are sure would attract that talent you are trying to get. Sometimes some people say it's money, but from what you mentioned, it's like it differs with that yes, particular person. Exactly. But on a uniform ground, like like maybe a general knowledge, what is actually the best foot you can put forward? When you okay. Want so to right win? now, right now, money is still topping it. Honestly, mm. money is still topping it because. You see a trend of people trying to increase their pay by just moving jobs. Because I know if if I'm on a thank you, if I move job, you're not going to pay me ten thousand naira. You're going to pay me something higher than that. Mm-hmm. So money is still at the top of it. And second is work-life balance. COVID made it so you know opened a lot of people's eyes to see that okay, I mustn't go into the office every day, right? So for people is that balance that. I can work from my home. I can work from anywhere that I want to. So that flexibility in the working structure is another best foot forward, right? So these two things are some of the things that I can see. A lot of people say benefits like health benefits. You pay if you do an analysis in a lot of companies. A lot of people don't use their HMOs. Mm. They don't use it, right? And people when they are signing contract, they be asking, "What are my health benefits? What are these?" You give them gym registration, they still not go, <laughs> right? So, at at the core of it, I'd say again, is the money, is also the work life balance, flexibility of the working structure. Hmm. Hi, I'm Abisala Adenoga, the head of business at TechPoint Africa. Did you know that you could present yourself as a reputable brand leader? Did you know that your business can get the limelight it deserves? Now you do. Using TechPoint Africa's marketing tools, we can put you in the faces of a large audience for brand awareness and thought leadership. To do this, reach out to us by sending an email to business at techpoint.africa or click on the link in the description below. Um, there's this conversation around getting your employees better to an extent that they leave you, right? Because if they don't feel they are fit enough for, say, a US company, they won't go. But you, because you are a good employer, you decided to upskill them and get them better. And it also speaks to the fact that for the pipeline to be moving, you have to keep upskilling the people that are down there to get them to the top. Then the person said, okay, they said, train your talent. You say, if, they, if I train them, they will leave. Then he said, if you train them, if you don't train them and they stay, you have incompetent and right? So wh- where does the, an employer find the balance here? Like... To make sure that that talent stays and make sure the talent is working up to their optimal level. Okay, so I think something that a, co- a couple of um, employers are beginning to understand that the human mind or the human beings are just dynamic. You can't keep anybody, right? Even if I'm very loyal to the company, um, I want to be here. Sometimes circumstances beyond your control can push people out. So the solution is just a session plan, right? Have at the back of your mind that people will leave. No this and no peace. Right, <laughs> right, right. No this and no peace. To be honest, people will come and they will leave. The best of them. 
So whilst they are doing it is train them to be efficient, right? You can if you don't train them like the statements you made, you have inefficient staff and your work will not go on. Like you won't make the best out of your business. True. So it's it's a necessary evil. Train them, but always have a succession plan for every nobody should become a one man risk because that's what happens in a lot of companies that when someone leaves to feel the position becomes very difficult. Um, I think I had a post on my LinkedIn one time when I said um, you should look out for the assistants, the second in command, because those are the ones that when these guys leave, they will feel in. Mm-hmm. So if you don't take care of them and they leave and the guys also leave, the main people, it's a lot of it's a lot of gap. Mm-hmm. So succession plan is is one of the things that we can do to help the situation. But for people leaving, they will definitely leave. Mm. You can't stop anybody. You can't stop anybody. No this and no peace. But I, I want us to take you back to the succession plan. If you want to advise an employer, what would you recommend for the person to use as a succession plan? What should they do? Okay, so first I'd say job analysis, right? There are certain jobs that per hand, more than one person can do it, right? Because it's going to, it's just not possible at the yeah, time. You, you can, yes. Right, but then have a lower level, you know, do that training so that if anything happens to this one, then this person can succeed. So it's it's expensive, right? Because um, it's like having double personalities for just one role, just because you're planning ahead. But it's better that you plan than you don't plan at all, and then you're caught unawares. Mm. But talking about startups. Like early stage startups that are probably still bootstrapping, what would be feasible for them or viable for them? Because um, they might not be able to sustain that. Yes, honestly, they, they won't be. That's why money is required to run business. <laughs> so, it's so all our VCs and everybody helping startups. Um, this is why we need your money, right? So, but at this point, um, there's something called pooling, right? Okay. Pooling of talent. So you don't actively engage them, but conversations are ongoing, okay. right? Um, so it's more it's more potential than it is active. So you're not working for me, and um, but I'm having conversations. So if something happens, I would like you to work for me or within a time frame, so that it cuts your interview time short. So if this person leaves in three months or four months, I already have had a conversation ongoing with somebody, right? So those are some of the things that you you can practice just to help for mm. companies that don't have the funds to maintain these talents. Two of them at once. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So yeah, talking about funds, when when you, when you hear the cost of hiring, like before I started like um, covering, like following conversations in the tech or labor or talent space. When I hear of cost of hiring, I just felt like it's the money you need to get them. But it is, I believe it's not just to need that. So as a recruiter, as an experienced recruiter, what would you say is the cost of hiring? Not just the money, but what it takes to hire. And I'm sure it also differs when you want to hire an entry level and say a C-suit person. Yeah. Okay, so for cost of hiring, um, I'd even rather call it the cost of recruitment mm-hmm. because it takes a lot to just get a talent. It's not... So say maybe you're using an external recruiter. So, so people feel 
that money I pay them is a cost of hiring, but that's not true. Time lost is cost. Resources lost is cost. Money, which is part of them. So starting from, so let's say an average, someone leaves the company and I have to fill the role. Mm-hmm. So starting from the point where I'm advertising this role, there's a cost. So I'm probably doing on LinkedIn or any of the job boards. There's a cost for that. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things that you calculate, right? Then say we're also using an external recruiter. You have to pay that money. So interview, before interview, there's like pre-skin calls where you call these candidates. Funds are also going into the calls. It's not free, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes in the interim, contract staff are hired just to cover the seat before this person comes on board. Mm-hmm. That's also part of the cost of hiring. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually paying this new person that comes in if you hire. So a law just goes into the hiring process and you can see that it's not just salary that you pay the person, that is the cost. Of mm-hmm. course, when a new person comes into the role, the times that we're living in now, it's very difficult to even maintain that salary. So if somebody was on 700,000 naira and left, mm-hmm. most times the budget expands mm-hmm. and you are sometimes paying, say 20 to 25% above what you're paying before. Right, so you can also factor that. So by the time you calculate from the advertisement to the standard recruitment cost to phone calls to job ads and all that, mm-hmm. the entirety of it is the cost of recruitment or hiring. Mm. But it varies. Yes, it varies. So it's, it's depending on what you're doing. So for entry level, most times you do like job ads and then a lot of people, you know, apply so, for the role. But from, for senior roles, say a CEO of a company or an MD or, you know, C-suite level, they won't come to your LinkedIn and, and yes, you look for them, you go to them, you take them out, some of them, you have meetings for months before this person even agrees to have this conversation of moving. So all the dinners, all the meetings out, right? those are still costs because if you are taking somebody to a restaurant, you have to pay transportation to the place and all that stuff. So everything comes into the cost of hiring. I want to be a C-suit person. I don't want to be a mockery <laughs> because like, what is this flex? Um, you mentioned another time that some people use, some people just send ads out, while some people use Edontas or Recruiter. And you, you touched a little bit on the difference. But if you want to say, you want to weigh them, what advantage does one have over the other? And why do people use one? And they don't use the other, or why do they use both? Okay, so for just using job ads, what that does is you have the advantage one is that you, you have a pool of candidates, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of people apply, even people that don't don't have the skill for what you're looking for. You know, I've seen I've seen illegal role before, and somebody was applying for. Um, is he an engineer, software engineer or something? And so people just need an outlet to just sit so you can see my CV, so you can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are lucky enough to see, oh, this is an engineer. Oh, this could fit into a road I'm working. So that's one of the advantages. You have like a pool of candidates mm-hmm. that even beyond that recruitment, you can use the resources. But the disadvantage to that is that it wastes your time. There are a lot of, if I post a job at now, Say if I post a job on my LinkedIn, I'm not joking. In less than five minutes, I don't get anything less than 50 applications. 
and um, so filtering you know the profiles and all that is a lot of work so it takes time and there's a lot of stress involved in it on the other side headhunting is more targeted is specific so i know the industry i'm looking for i know the kind of talent i'm looking for i know the skills i'm looking out for so i'm going straight to the companies i'm looking at the profile of the candidates and it's targeted it's so that's one of the benefits you know what you're looking for um it saves you time to go through a lot of cvs but one of the disadvantages is the fact that you don't have options per time so as i'm looking at this i have to finish this conversation move over to the next so i'm not looking at people that i'm starting off conversations around with you know and then if this one doesn't work out i have to go through the process again and then sometimes for lack of better word it backfires <laughs> yeah so maybe you know the person that this person is working for and they're like oh somebody from your friend is trying to poach me and all that but you know it's it's a hustle for talent <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. i can imagine what it takes to be a tech recruiter right trying to drag out poach people right there from other sectors yeah waving checks in front of them because some people don't have money (laughs) (laughs) and they need this talent right um so this particular question is you know when 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 for for you now you are like taking the position of a company to woo a talent right what advice do you give companies when they are looking for talent because for for talent that actually know how to do their own service they search about those companies they reach out to ex-employees they reach out to current employees to ask what is going on there what advice do you give or would you give to companies looking for talent okay so we are my heart as the head of people and culture for bankly okay. uh, i'd say a lot of work has to go into the culture right mm. in bankly for instance we talk about our culture a lot we run a culture of excellence and it's not even just a conversation we have a line that says from the thoughts to the action everything speaks about excellence mm. so what that means is that everybody in bankley nobody is materially surprised by what we would do everybody knows we speak a lot we talk about who we are the things that are expected of us so even when people leave bankley that's the testament that they have you know i know these people they this is what they do and that's what i do as as an employer of bankly to shape the culture right because people will talk people will ask questions just like you said and um if you don't have a good culture that's what people are going to say oh no that obviously is very toxic i don't have a talk i can stand anywhere to say it and anybody can quote me we don't have a toxic environment in bankly right um we are very chilled doing the work so <laughs> yeah so work on your culture if you're going to sell if you're going to sell your company to people to make them come and work for you you need to work on your culture right mm-hmm. it's a very key factor and culture is not just because it's on paper or something that we write culture is the way of life culture is what we allow mm-hmm. what you allow in your company it becomes culture right so the hr might be doing something else or whoever might be doing something else. but what are the people allowing so if we're allowing people to bully people it becomes our culture if we're allowing people to be happy it becomes our culture. if we allow people to speak up it becomes our culture so what you allow so 
it has to be very conscious, a conscious effort within the organization to make sure that their culture is right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now they say there's cost to hiring. Mm-hmm. Then there's a cost to having some positions empty. How would you explain those that those two things? So I, I think I've already uh, mentioned cost of hiring. Then cost of having some seats empty is that you're losing business. People are supposed to be doing certain things. So for everybody that comes into a company, everybody is a component of the success of the business. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why those positions are even there in the first place. So if nobody's there, the business is losing something. Mm-hmm. That's why it was created in the first place. So for every day, every single second that that, that space is vacant, you're losing business, you're losing efficiency because either somebody else is juggling what is empty so that we can fill it up or it's not even being done at all. So there's a strain on whoever is trying to fill the boat rolls, right? Mm-hmm. So you're sharing efficiency of a particular position just because nobody is there. So it's costing you time, it's costing you resources. Mm-hmm. Or if nobody is even feeling it at all, you're losing the components that are supposed to bring about the general success of the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's that's key. That's key. So you can't say because of the cost of hiring, I'm not going to fill this position. Mm-hmm. You just have to weigh the cost and know what you are going with. So we are moving towards the end of this conversation. Like something comes to mind that some talent actually inform you. Well, based on what is on your contract, they give you notice period. Notice period. Some one month, some two weeks before you leave. Do you feel these contracts actually address what it takes to hand over? Because when you are looking for somebody to fill the particular position that is high up there, would one month be enough for for them so to hand over? So depending on the contract, board? a lot of C-suit roles and certain roles have like two months. There are two months notice periods. There are three months notice periods. Mm. Right? Because just the time, for example, a C-suit needs about two months, three months to hand over completely. So giving me a one month won't cut it hmm. yes and then some people also have arrangements if it's because the terms around notice period is if you don't give me the time you pay me in lieu so what some companies mean? might pay you the salary three months of the staff they are taking over hmm. so sometimes it's not even about the money it's about the amount of work that needs to so most times there's an arrangement between the staff that is living with the company that says okay even though you've moved would like it to be you know involved at a certain level of time mm-hmm. so that you can help whoever is coming into transition mm-hmm. right so it's a conversation that happens most times yes so even though some people will just up and leave without telling you anything they collect that most salary and that's when they leave mm-hmm. right so it's a lot it's a lot in in recruitment but you just have to prepare yourself people will leave like i'll say mm-hmm. so i think you should just leave us with this particular question just tell employees how do they get the right candidates employers how to employers get, how rather to get the right candidates mm-hmm. so advice to employers in trying to find the right talent according so i would say the suitable talent because right is relative but i would always say something it's a is a mix of culture fit and skill for me if you're not a culture fit i will not hire you i don't care how skilled you are mm-hmm. because 
So I'll give an instance. I had a staff one time that got into a space where there was so much music. Like that's the, that's the way the office vibes. There's music. Like people are still on the phone making calls. And then this guy comes. He's coming from a place where everywhere is always quiet, on suits, and all that, sitting in front of his desk. But this is an environment where people are from people are lively and the guy struggled for months mm. you know so the thing is so you might have that guy skilled very skilled but would you change the entire company because of that one person he will not function at his best because that's not so this is just like a minimal example that's not the case in every place but culture fit you know um it's very key find so you see people that are very skilled but they are toxic they don't talk to people they insult people they talk down on people i don't care how skilled that you are you will not be in my space you will not be right so in trying to find a suitable talent also check out i do a personality test when i hire people okay. right because you're going to be working with somebody else you're going to work in a space so when i have your personality assessment i know how we can we can handle you in the office. I have someone, I, ha- I had a staff too. You don't touch her. Hmm. You know how people come and shake you. You don't, t- once you do it, you piss her off. Right? But that personality assessment helped us understand who she was and the kind of things that she liked to do. So it's a combination of culture, fit, and skill. Hmm. Yes, that's what Chibuzo is leaving us with today. Oh, not me, I'm not an employer. If you're an employer, you need to hire talent. Look for them based on two factors, cultural fit and skills. And that is the end of today's episode of Tech Point Africa podcast. I'm sure that you've learned one thing or the other from what Chibuzo has told, has told us today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on the notification bell so that you can get notified every time a new episode goes out. Thank you very much, Chibuzo, for joining us in the studio today. We hope to see more of you. And bye, everyone. <laughs>